Hi, I'm Danish Kaleyarasu, Chemicals Market Analyst, and thank you for joining us for this Chemicals Conversation podcast. Joining me today are George Eisenhower, North America Editor, Stephanie Koenig, Head of European Chloralkali, and Bernard Law, Editor in Asia. So the first question would be, what do the next 12 months look like for price and trading trends? So what are the key factors supporting these trends and how are producers responding to these factors? Thank you, Danish. Here in the Americas, we're looking at uh, changes in the global energy prices. So globally, we're seeing higher energy prices in Europe as well as in the Americas. And this is impacting the cash cost of producing chloroalkali as well as the vinyls. One of the things that we're really looking at is the global slowing demand for GDP, and that's beginning to hit the U.S., and we're expecting in the U.S. market to begin to see a recession potentially in 2023. And that implication on that is the slowing housing market beginning to reduce PVC demand, which slows down caustic soda production. So right now we're looking at the play between chlorine and caustic soda and the demand between the two markets. And at this point in time, we're beginning to see chlorine demand slow in the Americas and potentially seeing caustic soda demand slow over the next 12 months. But at this point in time, caustic soda supply is getting a little bit tight, and pricing is subsequently responding. Thanks, George. Stephanie, what's your take on Europe? I guess all eyes are on Europe right now. All eyes are on Europe, which is very unusual. And, and Europe is seeing an unusually strong link between caustic soda prices and electricity prices. Yeah. Both have been extremely high. I mean, they've reached historical highs continuously over the past year and remain high today. But still, my view is that prices have still not peaked. Yeah, and that's for two reasons. Number one is absolutely awful chlorine offtake in Europe right now, which might already signal the beginning of a recession. So the, the offtake we see cannot be explained purely by seasonal factors. Um, most producers are already heavily cutting rates since chlorine cannot be moved or stored in great amounts. So if it's not consumed, it will not be made. And it means that caustic soda supply is tightening quite quickly because caustic offtake is still holding up better. And the second factor is obviously the, the energy crisis. So power prices sometimes, you know, retreat from, from their latest high, but the power price or the power supply issues are not resolved. The issue is ongoing. So Europe remains vulnerable and exposed to potential further significant changes in, in either direction. And that means that a lot of producers already engage in, in load shedding. So they're not running as hard doing, um, power price peak times. And that's obviously reducing caustic soda availability further and the market is now tightening quite quickly. That's, that's very clear. One could say that the longer the elevated power prices persist, the longer the, the high caustic soda prices persist, the more caustic soda demand will be eroded. So that's sort of, it could sort of offset um, the, the load shedding we have. Um, I guess what I'm saying here is that it's quite unlikely that caustic soda offtake will drop or collapse in a way that would make the shortage go away yeah, while we're starting to move through a recession. When prices peak, it's probably going to be during the winter at some point. I think we have a few difficult months ahead, but there will be a point in time, probably within the next year, where prices will come down. This could be once growing offtake recovers. Yeah, 
once supply normalizes and perhaps once the energy crisis is resolved or at least uh, the heating period ends again next year. Thanks, Stephanie. That was very insightful. Bernard, how is Asia doing? Thanks, Danish. We are looking at Asia as the cloud car industry become more and more global and whatever happened in one continent will impact the other continents. So uh, looking at the current situations, whatever happened in Europe and in US will definitely have some link to Asia. Right now, the rising energy costs will have some impact on Asia itself, but I think that the impact is will not be as severe as in Europe and in North America. Basically, many of the or most of the major producers are coal-based. Most of the energy sources are coal-based. So we don't expect the impact on the coal is as bad as natural gas. So now there's a lot of talk about the upcoming recessions in 2023. A lot of people are talking about it. But uh, we feel that this time the impact on Asia is less severe as compared to America and Europe. Now, whatever happened there with the rising energy costs, the caustic soda prices are expected to move up sharply as well. And we are seeing the repeat of the price surge that happened back in April this year. Yeah. So because of the strong price surge, and in fact, it's starting to happen right now, and the traders will start taking positions, secure the supply, and one by one, and uh, help to lift the Northeast Asian export prices very sharply higher this time, and as compared to the last two months. So as long as the export window continue to open up wider and wider, and the traders will continue to secure more and more cargo, more and more of their supply position, and take advantage of the arbitrage window that has been created and to bring the cargo to meet the demand in Europe. So for the next at least six months, four to six months, we expect the price, the Northeast Asian prices to be firm and even go higher. And again, the rising export prices will help to lift the domestic prices as well in the region. Yeah. So this is what we could see what's going to happen in Asia for the next few months. Thanks, Danish. Thanks, Bernard. That was very insightful. Yeah, so with the next question, yeah, I guess this would be directed to uh, more towards Stephanie. So what are the major supply and demand changes on the horizon with high energy prices in Europe? Will this have a significant impact on other regions? Yeah, Europe you normally does not have a big impact on, on the international market, but that has changed completely. It has really become the focal point for the time being for, for the global crack life sector because of the escalating market prices. Yeah. And the, as Bernard already spoke about, there's shift in, in trade patterns. I mean, one layer is to look at the European domestic trade with all the production losses and weak claw and offtake we've got. It means that Northwest European export activity has almost come to a stop for the time being. So that's taking away product from from the international market. But it also means that import availability in, in Southern Europe in the Mediterranean market of local European origin is extremely thin. Yeah. As producers are cutting rates and are uncertain of, of future supplies because of the uncertainty of power prices. So they don't know when it makes sense to, to run properly. And also, let's not forget that the Ukraine war is still going on. So the Med is still missing those volumes from Ukraine. 
So what has happened is that this has become a, like a global phenomenon. And we've for the second time now this year, the arbitrage is open from Asia to, to Europe. So we've seen shipments fixed from China, South Korea, India and other sources um, coming to Europe, which is only possible because of the high European prices. So even if we consider the exorbitant freight rates, it still makes sense. And we have very strong indications that this is about to repeat, yeah, that there is product about to be placed again in Europe from various Asian origins. And my view at the moment is that because of the tightening market, this product is going to fill supply gaps. It's probably not going to be enough to completely ease the tightness. And it certainly won't be triggering reversal of the price trend in Europe at this stage. Thanks, Stephanie. That was very interesting. Great insights. George, so how is high inflation rates affecting the demand for caustic soda and chlorine currently? Donish, the high inflation is taking an impact on derivative demand for caustic and chlorine. So people are looking at buying more products that they have to consume. So the, uh, the the durable goods are beginning to see a little bit weakness. So you're beginning to see slowdowns in PVC demand. You're beginning to see slowdowns in epichlorhydrin demand, various different um, products up and down the chain. The interesting thing about the slowdown right now is that we're actually seeing pulp and paper demand holding up. So the, the first couple of co- products that we talked about, uh, PVC, epichlorhydrin, for example, those are chlorine derivatives. The pulp and paper consumes more caustic. So we are seeing a, a widening spread between chlorine demand and caustic demand. And again, playing back into the global GDP slowdown, global slowdown and growth and the dynamic between the chlorine cycle and the caustic soda cycle. And this is going to play out over the next uh, you know several months. And as we see chlorine demand slowing, Caustic soda demand will eventually slow, not necessarily today, but maybe in another another couple of months. Uh, and this is going to start to to slow down uh, operating rates, not only in the Americas, but also globally. And this will start to impact caustic soda. It's already impacting caustic soda pricing, and the expectations pricing is going to continue to move higher, uh, not only on energy costs going up, freight rates going up, but also slowing chlorine demand, limiting caustic soda supply. Ultimately, this will change when uh, the uh, GDP slowdown uh, takes effect or matures more more per- precisely, and that's going to start to slow down caustic soda demand. Not today, but again, you know, in the next period of time, you know, is that six months, three months kind of time frame. So we do anticipate operating rates to slow down. Thanks, George. There were some great insights. With the final question, what other key insights can readers take away from the outlook? to help make better commercial decisions. Thanks, Tanish. Looking at the uh, the Northeast Asian or the Asian supply, because Northeast Asia is one of the largest exporting region for caustic. And uh, looking at this region itself, and uh, based on the, the uptrends that's emerging for the next several months. Now, looking at the supply chain first, as a producers, I think in order to maximize their margin, and as compared to it, it is better for them to divert more volume into the export as compared to the domestic market because based on the current situation we're looking at the the demand overall demand for caustic in uh in domestic market is relatively weak at this moment so in order to optimize the kind of margin we're looking at and to take advantage of the arbitrage and the export window to europe and producers can actually divert more volume to take advantage of the rising prices now, of course, these export windows that's opened up, the traders are the one that benefited most. Yeah. 
and uh, they are the ones that are moving the cargo from Northeast Asia, from, from India, or from Middle East to the region they are short, predominantly uh, Europe and some of it to US. So looking at it as a buyer in the region, and as prices is surging so fast, and due to the volatility itself, and buyer actually can just secure their supply and uh, based on their needs, and to avoid any form of speculation or any form of a stock raising their inventory. So at this moment, because of the rising prices, the, we expect these prices going to go higher and higher. So, um, so as a buyer, it, it is better for them to only secure or to buy what they need in this moment. Uh, thanks, Danish. Thanks, Bernard. Thanks, all. Okay, that's all we have time for today's Chemicals Conversation podcast. Thank you all for this amazing session and thank you all for listening. For more information, please visit us at www.argusmedia.com slash chemicals. Thank you.